Okay, here we go. With the first pick in the 2020 draft, the Cincinnati Bengals select Dontavious Tramiel Kennedy. Quarterback. Dontavious Tramiel Kennedy from Louisiana State University. Now, let me tell you about him. This, this young fella here, he is from Garbage Pail, Tennessee. He grew up in a single-parent household. His black mom worked 14 jobs just to make sure that they could keep food on the plate. He, you know, never saw his father. He's been incarcerated for about 30 years, so the whole time that he's been alive. Uh, but he overcame that adversity. He even overcame his, his severe learning disability and his special needs. Uh, and he says that the motivation for overcoming all these things was being adopted into a white family that told him that he can be anything that he wants to be as long as he can run as fast as lightning and knock the snot out of anybody that they tell them to. And look how far it's got him. I mean, we're talking about a finalist for the 2016 Tennessee Mr. Basketball and Mr. Baseball, in addition to his football prowess. Uh, he has relatives that have all played uh, basketball at the collegiate level. And his mother fought a crack addiction for 25 years. The things that this young stud has overcome, and we haven't seen the best of him yet. He goes to a team where he gets to play quarterback for the most garbage team in the world in the hopes of becoming the star, the face of their franchise. Good luck to you, Mr. Kennedy. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Brothers-in-Law Podcast, episode 50. Uh, as always, this is your boy, Jesse McCoy. I'm joined by the world's foremost leading legal humorist, Sean Carter. How you doing, man? Man, I am doing well, man. I am ready to get out in these streets. Uh, <laughs> just start tongue-kissing people in the mouth and just really getting me all the Rona. Uh, give me double dose because uh, uh, it, it's about to get crazy out here. Oh, man. Everybody's starting to open up. It's like you would think we found a cure. You would think we got testing kits for everybody. It's just, I am shocked. I am shocked. What's, what's the scene on the ground in Arizona? So in Arizona, what's happening is that we're trying, um, to open up, uh, slow and measured, um, and stupid. And what I mean by stupid is, and this is what we saw what happened in, um, you know, the first states to open up, like Georgia. You would think that you'd probably start with like some light manufacturing. You'll get people in their workplaces, but not get them, you know, in, in a restaurant, a crowded restaurant. Nope. That's what we started, right? We started, you know, get you crowded restaurants, uh, haircutting, uh, get you a rubbing tug. You know, the places that, you know, you, you, that probably should be open, period, but certainly not in a pandemic. That's where we started. Right. right. We'll worry about the schools well, later. We'll worry about the schools later. Oh, my goodness. Well, you know, our governor, to his credit, has had a very measured approach. That was until the reopened people and Trump supporters started converging on the governor's mansion every day. Uh, and so now the tune has slightly changed. It looks like we are moving forward with uh, levels of reopening, just kind of what he has called phase one, phase two, and phase three. But the time frame for the phases has become much shorter, so we'll be at phase three by June 1. Uh, so, uh, and, you know, and the other thing about it is, you know, here it's been a delight, an absolute pleasure to watch the white supremacists slash Trump supporters slash reopen America people uh, because initially when they went out, it was all about how not being able to work is like slavery uh, <laughs> and all this stuff. And then it converted into they got arrested for not maintaining the social distancing requirements based on the stay-at-home order. And then somehow that turned into the police are fascist, supporting a fascist government. And then it evolved into now that they have factions. So apparently there's beef amongst the real people. You know, black people just sitting watching the news, sipping tea, like, spill all of it, girl. Tell <laughs> <laughs> you know, really, white white supremacists, y'all can't get along. Can can you all get along? Really, you 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 know, you think you'd be united and hating everybody else, um, but you got to fight each other. I, I I totally get it. The thing I'm gonna give them credit for though, and I'm I, you know I'm gonna lose some fr fr friends here, 
But uh, we need to take a little page out of their book because you realize these people won. All right, they got the governors all two weeks. Two weeks ago, the governors were like, "We're gonna be slow in this. We're gonna be measured." And they got mm-hmm. out there in one weekend and start coughing on people, and we're like, "Hey, y'all gonna change all of this?" All right, they got the flags out and the guns. That helped. Um, <laughs> and next thing you know, now black people, we can't do the guns. All right. But this is what we need, and then white people, if you're listening, we need our white allies. Y'all need to carry the guns from now on. Y'all need to come to the rallies, <laughs> the Black Lives Matter rally, with your guns, not ours. Uh, they're not going to shoot you, because uh, if you don't have guns, no one's going to take you seriously. I mean, yeah, it, it does It does help. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I, I, I admit, I, I was paying attention. <laughs> I just didn't understand how the guns came into it. Like, I, I, was, <laughs> I will admit, I was... Uh, <laughs> I was trolling very heavy on the page when they were protesting. And when I saw everybody with their AR-15s and their assault rifles, I was, I, I said, you know, uh, at what time does the shooting start for the virus? Cause I've never seen a virus get shot. And I think that'd be very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure where the, the shooting part comes in, but they'll figure out a way. All right, they'll figure, <laughs> let, 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 you know, they, they don't put the cart before the horse. Um, but you know, seriously though, they are, you know, we've got to really think about this in the future. You know, we have these ideas and we, you know, want things to be better. There, there've been actually a couple of police shootings or, uh, or civilian shootings, of, of black yeah. people. And yeah. we've kind of been like, well, we got a social distance or whatever. And they got out there like, nope, I don't care. I'm going to breathe everybody's right. hair and I'm going to get the row row, but we going to get, you know, I, I got to get me a haircut. Think about it. They willing to die for super cuts. Mm, 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 mm. That's it. It is, but I gotta get. You know, they are, they are, they are body body, right? And and uh, so hopefully we we gonna get we gonna get our, when the air get clean. We ain't going out till the end. But when the air get clean again, we are gonna go out there. We are gonna be a little more. I think uh, <laughs> will be the word for it, persistent. Yeah, and and the other thing I hope, if nothing else, that we take away from this is, you know, your government doesn't care about you. And <laughs> I think we kind of suspected it, but now it is crystal clear. Your government wants you to die so they can generate money and sustain an economy and make white supremacists happy. So <laughs> well, here's the weird part is, they actually were willing to let us survive until the white supremacists said no. And then they're like, okay, well, you know, we got to choose between two, one of the two, right? Then uh, that's just too bad for y'all. And I was kind of surprised that they went for it in the beginning because, you know, we see some states, for instance, um, you know, the governors were really cool. You said your governor was good. Our governor was okay. But then you have places like, oh, I don't know, the mayor of, of Nevada, or sorry, of Las Vegas. And uh, she don't give a damn by nobody. And let's just go ahead and play this clip of her uh, very famous now interview with Anderson Cooper. There's a, a Chinese researchers have shown uh, how this virus spreads. And I just want to put up Ooh, for our viewers. I just want to put up for our viewers. This is a, a restaurant. Anderson, you are tough. <laughs> no, I'm not We're talking. Back just... to China. This isn't China. Yeah. This, this is, is Las a... Vegas, Nevada. Wow. Okay, that's really ignorant. This is a restaurant, <laughs> and the that's yellow circle. That's an ignorant, that... ignorant statement. That's that's a restaurant, and yes, it's in China, but there are human beings too. That yellow is a person who's in, who is asymptomatic and infected, and all those other red circles are other diners who that one diner passed the virus to. All those other people became infected in a restaurant that had air conditioning, and they believe it was the air conditioning which helped the virus and, spread and to all those other people. And you remember the Legionnaire's disease in 1976 in Philadelphia came all through the air conditioning. You don't remember because you're younger. I typhoid do remember. Mary, typhoid I, Mary, who I think passed away, well, anyway, during the late 30s, rode the buses, was a, uh, a cook, and she was asymptomatic, and she spread a, 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 a fear of getting typhoid, and she never showed a sign of it. And she lived most of her life quarantined. The reality was, I think, 58 people passed away from typhoid. And okay. so we're aware of this. We've learned from history. Right. We've had Ebola. We've had the West Nile. But, We've right. had polio. We've had these... None of those were as infectious in Las Vegas. I mean, you didn't have people with Ebola on a casino floor. 
I, we we probably should have got the the the, the point. I guess the, the famous point in which the mayor of Las Vegas suggested uh, completely seriously uh, that Las Vegas become with a testing ground for 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 coronavirus to just see how how contagious it is, and we'll go ahead and be guinea pigs. So just come on here, you know, bring us your tired, your sick, and your dry cough, and uh, you know, Statue of Liberty. Just don't put me and my family in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she wasn't willing to say herself. <laughs> yeah, I, I think so. Here, my take on this: I think that we used to hear this slogan uh, really during like the Reagan years, where people started saying that you got to treat government like a business. But this is one of the reasons why you should not operate government <laughs> like a business, because the whole point of government is to provide some kind of commonality. Or provide for the common defense. Right. And I feel like we are failing in that responsibility because we are essentially feeding people back when we have zero progress whatsoever. I, I was reading two articles today about coronavirus. One was talking about new symptoms that people are having, uh, be it frostbitten toes and stuff like that, that they didn't know about before and they're just starting to study. The other was about the rate of reinfection. So mm-hmm. typically when you get a virus, uh, you develop antibodies and you won't get sick again by the same strand. But apparently that doesn't happen with coronavirus. So um, I, I think there's just too much stuff that we don't know. There's still an insufficient supply of ventilators. There's still no vaccine, which that 18 months for vaccine is a miracle. Like you're probably looking at a few years of, of trials before we get to a vaccine. So right. I get not waiting till a vaccine, but we don't even have people who are getting tested in large numbers. So everybody who is asymptomatic is just going to go back, keep not washing their hands, keep touching you, <laughs> giving you vibe, whatever. And and I, I fear that this is just going to be another spike that's going to result in us closing everything down again. And then we're going to keep going through this cycle of reopening. I also understand that this is an election year. And I think that it looks good if you can get people back to work uh, right before the vote comes, and you can always shut it down after November. Right. <laughs> well, I mean that is that is totally. It. I mean Trump. I, this is the thing you know how crazy it was. Just yesterday, Trump said, "Hey, the meat people have got to go back to the plant." And this is a plant that I I, I think just a couple weeks ago I had written about where it's like six. You know, I want to say six hundred of twenty six hundred people, or whatever, had the, the the coronavirus. Like some mm-hmm. amount that. You wouldn't right. even have that level of contagion if these people lived in your house. Like I don't right. know what they were doing in breaks. I don't even their break room must have a strobe light. I don't know. You know they must be. I don't know what the hell they're doing. They must be sharing uniforms and wearing them at the same time. I don't know what the hell they're right, doing right, there. Right. But I do know this is that these people uh, had to go back to work because Trump know this. All right, you know no one knows what GDP is and what growth is. But here's what people would know: if if we don't have no meat for about six months. Right. People will, will notice that. And, and damn, they, you know, they love this or Trump, but I can't imagine them going, ooh, make America great again, but everybody eating hamburger helper. <laughs> and I don't mean the hamburger part, I just mean the helper. Right? We no. all in here, we have eating, eating helper. Ain't nobody in, is going is to want to, you know, go. And so he's like doing the most obvious things like that. Like, you know what, I don't care. The rest of y'all going to have to get sick again, but we're going to have to keep this meat going because people will notice this. Like you said, it's election year. Assuming we have an election, and um, and, and we gotta, you know, and so you're gonna, you're gonna see a lot of bad decisions, right? People making. The weird thing though is, I'm not sure there are good decisions to be made. So you mentioned, mm-hmm. for instance, the idea that you know we don't know a lot about this virus, and that you know what happens with viruses very often. So, for instance, as you know, with the influenza virus, we never did find a vaccine for that. Mm-hmm. The reason that epidemic stopped is because basically it ran out of fuel. It ran out of people to kill because it got them all, right? And eventually mm-hmm. a virus needs a host. It can't, you know, eventually if you kill all enough people, the virus dies out. Right. That is a possibility with this virus as well, that we don't actually have a vaccine that's going to be here in, 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 um, you know, in 18 months or in 18 years because we still haven't found a reliable virus for the influenza, right? <laughs> That's why every year Very we have to get a new shot, right, just in case it morphs. 
And so, you know, it, it, there was no guarantee in the beginning that we were ever going to be able to get a vaccine. What we need in this country, like you've been alluding to, is procedures. And you know, I love the fact that I went to school my entire life. You did, too, where you had a fire drill. How many fires broke out in your school? Uh, zero. <laughs> but somehow, as an entire country, we've never planned out what we would do if the most likely thing in the world happened. And by the way, I went to school when you had literally nuclear bomb drills. You got mm. into your desk because that would stop the bomb, right? <laughs> Why wouldn't we as a society have had corona, you know, have basically, you know, pandemic drills? Okay, look. This is what we're going to do, right? We're going to have a plan in place, and and, and these are the things we're going to do because, you, you know, we waited to – you know who shut down the economy? It wasn't even the government. It was the NBA. Yeah. Right? Had they not moved in the colleges and the universities, you know, we probably would have still been out there now. <laughs> and it's like we had no idea how to handle this situation because we never even thought about the most obvious thing that could kill us. Right, this virus, and we should have things in, in place in the future so that if this happens, these businesses close. Right, these are the kind of monies that go out, so that so there isn't some you know thing that that ruins everybody's life. Well, I think that's what the World Health Organization was all about. That <laughs> he no longer wants, and uh, and and I think you know the other thing about it to me, the the government's fingerprints are more so on the mismanagement and lack of preparation. Like right. Trump knew this was coming. He had advisors telling him stuff like they tell him every day. And he was like, nope, it's a Democrat hoax. They trying to Gosh. mess up my reelection campaign. Right. So now it's here. Now the real, the thing that I, re- I wrote a long post on Facebook today because I just was fed up with it. The thing I'm really upset about because they, they started talking about the prospect of, um, cutting people off of unemployment if you don't go back. So they're forcing you to go right. back. So, and, uh, the thing that made me upset was, all these people are gathering in all these state capitals because Trump told them to uh, liberate whatever their state was. Right. right. But the problem is the states are following the stay at home orders that Trump proposed. Like you told them that. So it's how the most bizarre thing, go? isn't it? It's no, what? you're absolutely. It's the most bizarre thing. It's, it's, it's like a bizarre like women. You're mad. You love Trump, but you're mad at all these governors for doing exactly what Trump told them to do. Right. How are you, you know, how is this a Democratic hoax when the president, when the Republican president was the one who said we got a social, you know, all this stuff, and their minds have just got to, I mean, they, their minds stopped working a long time ago, but they definitely stopped now. <laughs> They're not even trying to think because obviously, like you said, it, it, it should be an obvious case for them to go, wait a minute, the president is saying this. How do you think about it? Go out there every day and say, we want to end this social, this slavery, right? This tyranny. Mm-hmm. That the president has guidelines on, and by the way, we want the president again. He's enslaving right. us, but we love him. Right. That's some Django shit right there. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, I'm just hoping they line up for their Clorox shot. That's that's all. <laughs> I want to get them at the front of the line. Uh, they can go ahead and get the UV enema as well. Uh, <laughs> if you've been under a rock, uh, Trump decided to to freestyle a little bit um, and and come up with his own cures. And one of them was uh, disinfectant uh, in the mouth or injected, I guess, <laughs> anywhere you can get it internally. Um, and also um, UV uh, flashlight up your butt if possible or somewhere because we had to get the UV light uh, into your body. He wasn't right. specifying, but I think that's the most likely way or either that or a gerbil. Right. And he said this with the utmost sincerity the day before he came back and said, oh, you know, I was just kidding about the 409 main line in your veins. I'm just kidding about that. <laughs> you know, Renee, my wife has had this theory for the longest time, and I didn't take her seriously at first, but she's right. You realize that, that, that Trump thinks of himself as, and most of his supporters thinks of him as well, as a great comedian. Mm. No, I didn't know that. And so they'll always say, oh, well, of course he was just kidding. Right. And I don't get why they think that the president of the United States is supposed to be soupy sales. Right. Is he supposed to now start rhyming like uh, like like Nipsey Russell? Is that what he's supposed to do in this press conference? Really? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Meanwhile, the numbers, the death numbers. <laughs> it's like, ah, that's funny. 
Anyways, I hate reporters. (laughs) (laughs) Take the coronavirus, please. I mean, what kind of stand-up is this? This is the worst Def Comedy Jam show ever, right? And and, and the idea they think the president's supposed to do this kills me. It's like, you know, this is the one time he's supposed to be serious about everything. Right. Imagine Obama's up there. Ah, 400 people today, gone. (laughs) And we got UFOs. Do you, do you think we got UFOs, Jesse? I saw the story, and I'm just more amazed at the fact that it didn't make mainstream news. I mean, it made the news, but it didn't, you know, sort of break the Trump cycle. You know, at this point, I'm just, I'm I'm cheering for the aliens. I, I hope they came <laughs> and they saw how dumb we look right now. We're like, no, we're going to keep on pushing going to Venus. Yep, no, um, I, I, I can't imagine them stopping either. <laughs> now, this, this, is, this is a real bad rest stop, right? Like, nah, nah, yeah. this is not. No, no one's going to stop here. Think about it. First of all, we all infected. They don't want to take this shit back to their planet. Right, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> And, and and the other thing, though, but it's interesting, though, about that, though, is the media does crack me up, though, because every day we're still having this stupid press conference. Absolutely. They keep waiting for Trump to call it off like he could, it's possible for him to call it off. He, it's attention. He loves it. I do it, too. I get it. Right? right? The thing that kills me, though, is every day they keep trying to get Trump to admit that he screwed up. Right. What are the chances are that Donald J. Trump is going to admit to a mistake? Negative 500 percent. There you go, right? There's not even a number for that, right? We haven't come up with numbers for that yet. The scientists haven't, no. haven't, haven't done that smart. Nobody has a number for how high the percentage that is. And yet somehow every day they get on there and ask him questions as if he would possibly say, oh, yeah, you're right, y'all. I, I screwed that up, man. I, I, my, my bad. I was slipping, yo. Right. I'm like, stop right. asking the guy questions that he will never give you the right answer to or, or, or the truth to. You know, I see this all, all the time. It always cracks me up. You know, it, it, I, I, would, I would say, you know, people, it's like, you know what? If, if you suspect your, your, your mate is cheating, uh, understand they will never tell you the truth. <laughs> Think about it. They're cheating on you. They're not going to now feel like, oh, I should cheat on you, but I can't lie to you. That's what cheating is, is lying, right? <laughs> Trump is going to cheat on you. He's not going to ever tell you the truth. That's not how cheating works, right? So don't ask this fool to tell you that. He's never going to say it. I would, as a matter of fact, the day he does say, oh, yeah, I done messed up, I'm scared. So right, right. <laughs> Thumbs up. <laughs> so just let the man, just start ignoring the man. He ain't going to, you know, act, act right. But stop giving him a chance to, to act a fool every week. Yeah, we. I mean, but, you know, this is the one thing I'll give Trump credit for. I feel like the media made him like yeah. this is we we had probably arguably the most qualified person ever running for president mm-hmm. and the media was like well let's focus on Trump 24/7 <laughs> he's talking about special needs kids he's grabbing women by whatever he's right. doing this he's doing that and meanwhile Hillary Clinton's like well I went to yellow school <laughs> <laughs> I've been secretary of state I've been <laughs> I've been negotiating uh, universal health care plans for about 30 years now. But, you know, yeah, that doesn't matter because I don't have access Hollywood tape. So. <laughs> Absolutely. And she, she's missing the part. You know, you can't be a bachelor American um, and, and America really work that out. Right, right, right. I mean, it, it's absolutely ridiculous, right, that, that they made me Trump. And I understand why they made him because the money. And right. don't get me wrong, I gotta tell you a little secret. Um, you know, if, 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 if MSNBC, for instance, their ratings were up, like when Trump was first in office, three times what they were before. You know how many hundreds of millions of dollars that translates into advertising dollars? Okay. I, I, and, and by the way, these companies aren't owned, you know, MSNBC isn't owned by Rachel and them. It's owned by what, GE, General Electric? Mm-hmm. Their, their job is to make money, right? They don't give a damn who the president is. Right, right. And so, yeah, they're going to keep, you know, pub him up. And, and it just bothers me, though, that they keep asking him. Just like, you know, just stop it. Just stop having this press conference. You know, I, I try not to tune in, but then I get bored because there's nothing else on. And I, unlike you and the rest of the world, cannot sit there and watch Babyface and Teddy Riley <laughs> play record. So, uh, for those of you who may not know, uh, <laughs> i.e. our white listeners, um, the Babyface and Teddy Riley uh, we're part of the Versus Network uh, Challenge. It's a series of Instagram challenges where notable musicians pit their uh, classics against one another 
for a span of usually about 20 songs. Uh, and then I guess based on crowd input, we decide who the winner was, if there's ever a decision to be made. Uh, if you don't know who Babyface is, please Google him. Kenneth Babyface Edmonds, uh, half of LaFace Records, put out a number of classics. Basically, if you were born in the late 80s and early 90s, that's what your parents were listening to when they conceived you. you. Uh, Absolutely. <laughs> and, you know and, the song. Uh, you trip from your womb. You know it. Right. And then Teddy Riley, uh, also notable list of hits and classics. If you were born in the 90s, <laughs> that's what they were listening to. <laughs> so you have uh, great, great songwriters, great musicians in themselves. But there seemed to be an issue with Teddy Riley's Internet connection. Uh, <laughs> semi unexplainable. And, and what makes it funny is Teddy Riley. You know, in classic, this is this is a format where usually on a versus battle, all you're doing is just push and play on mm-hmm. songs that you already made. The hits are already made. You just Never push play. Right. People live through the nostalgia. But Teddy Riley didn't want to be outdone. He wanted to give you a show. So Teddy Riley had a TV screen set up in the background with graphics. He had all kinds of equipment. He had a dan- a crew of people dancing. Absolutely. <laughs> And his sound quality was horrible. So he's having a great time on the video. Like he's enjoying himself and nobody can hear anything that's going on. And everybody's sending messages to him like, Teddy, we can't hear. Teddy, we can't hear. Teddy, we can't hear. But the one thing he forgot to get was a person to check the messages. So, <laughs> so, so this goes on for at least a good 40 minutes. They were like, Oh my God, this is horrible. How you do this? What are you doing? And Babyface apparently, you know, got tired the first night. and was like, man, we just got to reschedule and you're ready to go. Right. <laughs> but, but, but then, of course, the Internet, because, by the way, we have nothing to do these days, just went off on Teddy. Now, playfully, you know, nobody was really mad because how are you going to be mad at somebody who didn't give you a free concert? Right. I mean, how are you right. going to really do that? But the memes, you know how we do, you know how black Twitter do. They were hilarious. <laughs> people and, didn't want refunds for the free concert, though. Well, I, I, was, I saw some people pictures of them. They got all dressed up for date night. You yeah. know, exactly. I was like, really? They. This is what entertainment's come to. Now, you have to understand, I'm a little older than you, Jesse. I grew up, not at this time, but my father telling me about the great battles. Now, remember, now we're talking about a bad battle where you press play on your, on your Mac. Mac. I, okay. I grew up to do the great battles of the temp, I mean, my father to the Temptations and Four Tops. Uh, mm. they, they played the music. Uh, they, they danced. They, they sang. Um, you know the the the, the Marvels and the you know and the and, and, the, and the, the Supremes, right? And uh, you know we're talking about you know the greatest artists of of the fifties and sixties in these epic live battles. And now in 2020, when we have all the technology, the Rona has, has got us to the point where we're sitting there mad that Teddy, Teddy Riley's uh, play button didn't work. Right. Right. Well, you're right. And, I mean, there's nothing that we have that's going to compare to the four tops. <laughs> the Temptations. We just don't have that. I'm sorry. Well, no, but what we do, um, here's the thing is that we do in the sense that these artists, I mean, think about it. Like you said, you know, the songs that, that Teddy and Baby, uh, uh, Babyface and Teddy Riley have produced are amazing, right? They, they, they stand right. up to those. It's just that because we, you know, can't have a live concert because we can't get anybody in a room together, right? We can't ever play music again. <laughs> um, and so I'm just amazed at how, you know, entertainment has really just, you know, deteriorated, not because of anybody's fault, but because of the circumstances. And it's bad because it's one thing if none of us can go to work. It's another thing when none of us also can be entertained. Yeah, but I mean, you know, it, it's it's give and take. So I think the, the companies like Hulu, Netflix, Amazon Prime, I think they're eating well right now. They're, oh, they're yeah, like, look, we're the only game in town. The only time that I think any of those streaming services get shut down is Sunday nights at nine o'clock when everybody's watching Michael Jordan. And, ah! uh, <laughs> and then after two hours, this is the funny part. So we watch, you know, I love Michael Jordan, him being, you know, from North Carolina. We, okay. we always support all things Michael Jordan. But what happens is after Michael Jordan, they go to Scott Van Pelt show 
And his whole show, which is usually a show on ESPN about sports highlights, right, and insights, Mm -hmm. his show goes through and basically does the highlights of the movie you just watched. Right, okay. (laughs) So it's the highlights of the movie. And then if he has somebody who has, you know, a different perspective, uh, then he'll bring them on to interview and he'll go back and get the highlights from the actual game back in 1991 or wherever and play that. So I was like, Tanisha, we're watching highlights of the movie about the highlights that we saw in 1991. That's crazy. There's no new news. And then everybody argues for the next right. seven days about, well, LeBron could have did it better. Or no, LeBron can't. He's not GOAT. Um, <laughs> Man, you understand, this is like, and I heard this a long time ago, and I never understood it until now. We are now all living uh, a form of prison life. My understanding okay. about understanding about prison is is that the time goes by really slow. And therefore, things that most people would put out of their minds and just let go, the minor beefs, that stuff festers in prison because they have nothing else to do but think all day about the time so-and-so stole your little Debbie snack cakes. That's what we're living through right now, right? (laughs) We're having major beefs, right, whether it be with Teddy Riley or whatever or over Michael Jackson, you know, sports highlights from 30 years ago, 20 years ago, Mm -hmm. because we got nothing else to do. Yeah. Well, the one bright spot in the sports world, um, NFL draft was last weekend. <laughs> I always adamantly watch the NFL draft and I watch it for three main reasons. Okay. Uh, reason number one, cause I'm a huge Carolina Panthers fan and I need hope. <laughs> I need hope that something's going to work out for us. Okay. Every year's a draft picks, right? That's going to do it for the draft. All right. All right. The, the second reason is, I am just a big fan of seeing black men get paid. Like, I want to see it. I love it. All the stuff that you go through in life as a black man, I feel like I live vicariously through them. And when they walk across that stage to dap up Roger Goodell, that's me. So that's number two. Now, number three, I watch it because, likewise, just as much as I love the NFL, I hate the NFL. Because (laughs) the NFL believes in what I call tragedy porn. And I'll tell you what I mean by this. Tragedy porn. Every time you see a white person drafted, which Joe Burrow was the first pick for Cincinnati Bengals, he gets drafted. He's in a house. It's his mom. It's his dad. They talk about how wholesome his family is, how great of a city. He's a pride for the town that he's from, all that stuff. You get to the black families. First off, everybody's at the in the living room, right? You got Ray Ray and them, uh, mom, maybe there's a dad. Like, not, not most times, no. Uh, you got white girlfriend, a baby with a diaper that hasn't been changed. Like, it's just, it's the worst of the worst. And then they go in and they want to talk about the problems that this person endures because they think selling this story of somebody who's downtrodden and finally coming up and getting an opportunity to change their circumstances, they think that's the American story. But the stories are, yeah, it was so bad when DeAndre's mom was on crack from his age, went from when he was five until he was 15. And he worked through it. He found a white football coach who told him, you can be anything that you want to be as long as you can run fast and knock the snot out of people as soon as I tell you to. So DeAndre takes this and he goes to school. And he didn't let having a kid at 12 years old deter him. It's like every stereotype, every negative stereotype that you can fit in. And they find a way, like, even if it's not related, they will find a way to cram it in for every black draft pick. Um, yes, they will. They, they will definitely do that, you know. And, but I, I tell you the funny part, though, is it, 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 all the things you mentioned, though, we do try to help. And it says, like you said, I saw that Joe Burrow, it was just he and his mom in his big-ass living room, right? Right. Bigger in my house. Right, look like look like they didn't need the money. Like I don't know why they why they bother. Right, look right, like right. look like he was gonna get a step down when he signed his twenty eight million dollar contract. Right, <laughs> right. And then I've seen you know the black people in, in the one living room, right on the couch with the with with the plastic on it, and 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 and, and I couldn't believe the one brother who had the white girl, and for some reason I don't know 
I wanted to see what I wanted him to do was forget the tragedy point. I wanted him to stay there after. If you remember the scene, she jumped all on him. He's crying because he just got drafted. Mama right. pulls girl up and she didn't want to get up. But mama, you know, you ain't gonna, you ain't gonna out wrestle big mama, right? She pulled her up and I wanted to see he, cause this is my idea. I know he can get past a linebacker or the lineman and all that. He can get to the quarterback, but can he get to his white girl before big mama get her? That's what I want to know. I don't know if you are allowed to save the white girlfriend in Big Mama House. I don't think you can. I, I think <laughs> there's a there's a healthy fear that people have of their moms, and you I think you at your mom's house, that's pretty much the rules. Now, I don't this, know, but I, the, the fact that he brought her in there though makes me think that uh, it might be working a little different in his house. I don't know. I, I think so. For for white folks listening, I want to give you a little insight into black culture. Number one, right. Black mom makes the rules, period. Right. So when you come home, even black dad is like, yes, ma'am. Like, it's that's the rules. Black mom makes the rules. Second of all, there are only certain people who are going to be allowed in mom's house. Right. So if you are there, you are there on a very, very thin leash of permission <laughs> <laughs> that can be rejected and revoked at any point in time. Uh, and, you know, everybody wants to be there to be, you know, there for their child because their son Usually there's a lot of levels to it. One, he's worked so hard. Right. And this is finally seeing your dream come through. Uh, this is the person who birthed you, the person who told you from jump when you didn't think you could make it, that you can do anything that you put your mind to. And she wants to share in that success and that moment with you. But the other thing is you got to remember, in some sports, particularly things like boxing and uh, NFL, uh <laughs> These people are, uh, you, you usually don't go and volunteer for your brain to get jostled around unless you don't have a lot of other options going on. Damn. So this is like your ticket. You are the lucky one from your community who now never has to worry about bills again for at least the next three to seven years. <laughs> you were, uh, you, you were know what I'm saying? It ain't forever, but yeah, you're going to have a little, little respite. Right. And everybody views that as a come up for the entire family. So I'm sure there are cousins who pop up that you haven't met since you were three years old. All, right. and all of a sudden, because you're getting drafted, they want to come through the house. And then there's this thing where everybody started this year bringing pictures of deceased relatives really? uh, to like share in the glory of the moment. But the story about the person in the picture was always like they died in 1996 and the kid wasn't born till 1999. <laughs> so it's like, what does he even have to do with this? Like, <laughs> confusing. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so everybody's there and typically, you know, people bring their girlfriends, it happens, but, uh, this year, because of the intimate look inside everyone's homes, given that it was an online draft and not done, you know, in New York city, uh, we got to see the inner workings because it doesn't matter if the NFL or ESPN is in your house because it's still mama's rules, right? (laughs) It doesn't matter. Uh, and And it's also CJ Lamb's rules. Let's let's be clear about that. Oh, yes. I loved it. So he got his call about being drafted to the Cowboys. And I guess his girlfriend took this as an opportunity to try to reach for his secondary phone, which for those people who are out here player pimping, you know, your secondary phone is not the one that people uh, need to have access to. particularly. (laughs) And the speed with which he was able to snatch the phone from her and the look of outright scorn that was in his face. <laughs> oh, 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 yeah, I know. He, <laughs> he definitely looked at her like, like, yeah, you, you don't mess up about fifteen million dollars, girl. You better, you better get on. You better go on your business. But what I loved about it was he still the whole time he on the phone with Jerry Jones. Like, right. like he talked to a billionaire every day. He just on the phone every day, just one hand, just pulled the phone from her. <laughs> yeah, Jerry, I know you're right, Jerry. Like, what the? <laughs> right. Right, this is the one coach that probably wouldn't have had an issue of domestic violence that actually broke it out. Jerry Jones would be like, oh, that's okay. Keep well, but, but, but Mrs. Jones ain't taking Jerry's phone. I know. You're right. Um. Uh, yep, yep. And, 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 you know, now as far as, you know, the, the NFL, I gotta ask a question. My question is, though, is, you know, I see, keep seeing all these guys get drafted, and, you know, I'm always happy for them, but this is the one year where I'm just like, man, tell me how you play the game of football and keep social distancing. Um, you don't. <laughs> you, you just, you go out and play, and you catch what you catch, 
you know, that's what I'm paying you for to receive. <laughs> exactly, right? But, but here's the thing that's interesting is, is that, yeah, so you're right. They don't care about their workers, but here's why they kind of do have to care, but maybe not football. Football don't have to care so much because they have, they don't have no contracts, right? So if you get the rolling, just too right, bad, right? right? But like basketball, right? The Lakers don't want to put LeBron out there. All right, because they that that's their two hundred million dollars. If he get you know, if God forbid something happened to him from from the Rona, right? And so like the NBA teams are like, uh, you know, I don't know how we're gonna do this. And how do you do, you know, keep these people quarantined like for months at a time so they can play this season? I don't see any way that they're playing NFL football this year. I don't know. I mean, if states are opening up next week, I think. <laughs> I think we- we good for NFL. We work and, and for workers that people you know find essential or as uh, they should say expendable. I get right. that the meatpacking people, right? But how do you do that with your? Think about it, the future of your franchise. You don't draft this person right with your you know your draft pick, and now you're gonna put them out there right to 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 to, to get you know some possibly debilitating illness. And the thing about it is, most young people will survive, but you don't know who has the debilitating precondition until they get it. Absolutely. Right? And that's the thing that, that's kind of even hit me with it. Because I was like, oh, I'm young. I'll be fine. And then I saw these other people who go, and I realized, yeah, they had some underlying condition. But the way American healthcare work is, uh, you don't know you're sick until you're sick. Absolutely. Right? Ain't nobody can afford to go to a doctor for a checkup. All right. So, you, you know, and I think about it. I got, you know, I'm supposed to be so sushy much and, you know, and, and big time lawyer or whatever. But I got the kind of healthy care where basically somebody better be bleeding and out of two places. <laughs> Not just one. Don't give me no punk ass one bleeding. You, some of you need to be bleeding out of some place you ain't supposed to be bleeding out of too before I'm going right. to think about you going to the doctor. All right. And by the way, if I can close it up with needle and thread, we close it up that way. Like, you know, I, and, 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 cause, cause I ain't paying, you know, the, the, the $2,000 copay, right? Cause, you know, cause you, you, you know, you got a sprain. Angle, right. whatever and it's like and so you know we have a situation where we think we have a bunch of healthy people but truth of the matter is they ain't they like me they ain't been a doctor since 1997 they don't know my idea preventative medicine if it ain't broke don't fix it if it is broke limp on a couple of days it'll probably right. get better <laughs> ice and a hot bath. There you go. Some ginger ale. (laughs) (laughs) Some ginger ale. (laughs) I had a big fight on my Facebook page about uh, ginger ale versus what, Verner's? Some some, uh, Midwest type thing? Yes. I don't know what is wrong with those black people. They know it's ginger ale. Right. That's in the Bible. It's Canada dry. Thank you. (laughs) Canada dry. Yeah. Oh, side note, Canada dry, if you're interested in sponsorship, uh, I did tag you in that post. Definitely feel free to reach out. The, the, the true Canada Dry is the true ginger ale. That other stuff is they should they should pay you money, Canada Dry. Yes, Justin Trudeau and all that. <laughs> I mean, didn't he have the road too? Didn't he have the road? Uh, I know his wife did. I think he might have. I know his Man. wife did. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, it, it's like see, in Canada, you can get the, you can get it. Don't no big deal. You got the, you got health care. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> but here, you know, I, I <laughs> it, it's it's shame. So I'm not sure. We I, certainly you, you could see why I don't think we're gonna have basketball anytime soon. Maybe we'll have football because you know they are considered to be a little more expendable, right? We don't mind giving you brain damage, so we might not, you know, mind you know giving you coronavirus either. Um, but you know they do have some white players they might want to protect. I don't know what they're gonna do about them. Yeah, I, I think only Joe Burrow. They, they don't care. Like, like, Tom, Tom Brady's not with New England anymore, so they don't care about him. <laughs> That's entirely possible. Um, so we might have football again, and you know it's it's. I'll be watching. It, I ain't gonna lie. Yeah, I'll be feeling yeah. bad about it, but I'll be watching it. Yeah, I'm going to tune in. I feel like, you know, at this point, um, I'm resigned to understand that Colin Kaepernick won't be coming back. Um, (laughs) I think that, um, you know, this is a very, very interesting year. Um, How the NFL handles coronavirus, how the NFL is going to handle. I don't even know if the if they do cancel it, 
the same people who are protesting at the governor's mansion are probably going to tool up their weapons and go protest at the stadiums too. Uh, just because they're the main people who watch it. So I, I don't see the NFL season not going forward. I think it's going to be on time. As a matter of fact, I think even the NBA teams are opening their practice facilities starting next week. So people can start coming back, getting back in shape and all that. Right. You've seen Steph Curry's lives. He's gotten very skinny. Uh, almost. Oh, I think he, yeah. I think he's auditioning for a role on some movie or something. <laughs> yeah. Oh, is he looking like, uh, like, 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 uh, Bozeman? Uh, Chad? <laughs> Chad. <laughs> I'm a little worried yeah, it, about that brother. I mean, people, you know, it's, it's different. I think LeBron, there's a reason people used to joke about LeBron. And his million dollars per year that he invests just solely in his body and in training. So LeBron has things like basketball courts and weight rooms and all that in his house. And that's, this is the reason, right? So that's like, everybody else is like, oh, okay, well, I'll wait for the facility to open up. Meanwhile, LeBron is out here, you know, training heavy, trying to win a championship that's not even available this year. So. You know, exactly. I mean, you know, that's the thing. The thing that also killed me, like you said, is that they're trying to reopen. I'm like, look, you only been out for three or four weeks. Just get on the court, right? And they're like, no, we got to now go through another six weeks of, you know, preseason, you know, another training camp. Like, come on, man. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be, you'll be, you're going to be getting the game four of the new season, still playing the old season. Um, yeah. and I'm not sure how they're going to ever do this again. Um, you know, the only thing I think for the sport they could possibly play is baseball. Yeah, because really nobody, you know, <laughs> as long as you keep the catcher and, and, and the, uh, umpire clean, because since they, they, they gotta be holding hands and, um, uh, you know, and dating the whole game. Other than that though, you should be good, right? Hey man, they can open up NASCAR. They're gonna have a new black influx of people after the Kyle Larson thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know what the thing is? I, I might watch some NASCAR at this point. Uh, I'm up for yeah. my damn mind. I watch two little girls play hopscotch. If you let me bet on a tall one. Like I will bet, I watch any damn sport these days. Um, the only thing I think that I will not be able to watch and that you won't be able to watch is Diamond and Silk. Yes, Diamond and Silk. Unfortunately, I hate to report to you guys that they were uh, released, let go, fired, laid off from Fox News Network. Um, very tragic. <laughs> I gotta tell you, I, I, I don't feel a damn bit bad for them. But right, I gotta right, right. tell you that, that the reason they got it was amazing is that they were were spreading false coronavirus information. No, and I'm like, <laughs> who the hell on Fox hitting? That's the whole point right, of the network. Right. <laughs> but they were doing it while black, though. That's that's right. They got too comfortable, too familiar. Yeah, the degree of difficulty was a little high there. I'll grant you that. <laughs> I couldn't believe it, but that's all right. You know why, though? Because I no, think I they need to go back to their first love of rapping. Okay. And have a battle. Okay? Um okay. With maybe um, Vanilla Ice or, or Scott Bale or, or, Scott or maybe <laughs> even one of the, the one of the Mary Mary sisters um, who, because, 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 hear me out. Check, listen to to, to their rap. Tell me that this should not be, you know, a battle somewhere. Just so you know, the storm is already over. Mm-hmm. This is the United States, not the divided states. That's right. Maybe they can get back to <laughs> Come on, how you? By the way, do you know their actual sisters? No, I didn't even know they were Not sisters, people. but sisters. <laughs> and this okay. is what kills me: is it'd be one thing if you were their mama and you had one fool kid out there. <laughs> how you gonna live with two of your kids to act a fool and embarrass your family name? Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, again, as a North Carolinian, I think I have to take this one on the chin. Uh, they are from Fayetteville. No, I'm not from Fayetteville. 
Um, but they are from Fayetteville, and so if so facto, they are North Carolinians. And unfortunately, I apologize to the world um, <laughs> for what they have brought upon it. That's a good thing about being living in Arizona now. Uh, there's only one other black family here, and, and they've been good. So I, I usually don't have to apologize <laughs> for all Arizona. Uh, we got we got a lot of crazy white people, and I, I can't I can't take responsibility for them. Uh, but you gonna have to you gonna have to take uh, diamond and or silk. Pick one. Yeah, I think if we if, if I'm claiming Michael Jordan, I got to take the good with the bad, right? Oh, so, are you still claiming Cam, or now he's not a Cam Panther anymore? You let him go. Um, I'm I'm still very much a Cam fan. I um hope he lands somewhere. It doesn't look good right now, but um I I just feel like they they didn't do him right. I think they if you knew you're not gonna keep him, you should have let him go in the time where it's still free agency. Right. He waited under the pretext that they were gonna see what he's like after surgery. Um, coronavirus hit, so I don't know that anybody has seen him perform, and now everybody's got their rosters locked up. And I feel like if he doesn't get to a team this year, it's pretty much a wrap only because you can't be a quarterback in the NFL and sit a whole year out and come back. Um, so I don't know, but maybe he's hurt worse than we know. I don't know. Um, I, I, I would like him, but I think he's a great quarterback. Love to have him here at the Arizona Cardinals and maybe, you know, cause our little boy quarterback, he, he gonna be hurting in, in a week. But, but, um, but the problem with, with Cam is, uh, he gotta leave the jumpers in, uh, in, in North Carolina. <laughs> he can't bring the jumpers and, uh, you know, and, 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 and the, the, um, with the, you know, the Angela Bassett, um, uh, you know, gear, you know, uh, Cam got his groove back outfits. He's going to leave that with him. And I'm, you know, I'm not saying that a man can't be a football player and wear a romper, but I am saying that you can't be a football player and wear a romper. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> he's, just do, he's just doing what Dwayne Wade showed him to do. That's all. <laughs> the problem I have with the romper is not just the way it looks, but the fact that you got to get naked to pee. And that's ridiculous, all right? You grown man sitting in there with your pants <laughs> with your shirt off because you got a one piece. That's ridiculous. All right. Yeah. You, know, you gotta leave the onesies away. So if he does that, put the onesie away and you know, Cam and, and he'll be fine. He's a good football player. Um that being said, anybody we want to give a special um shout out or or mad out to? Uh definitely want to give a special shout out to the newly unemployed Vernon Jones, uh <laughs> representative from Georgia. So uh, a couple weeks ago when we did episode 49, we talked about Vernon Jones. Unfortunately, I'm just taking hits. This <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, a proud alum of North Carolina Central. Yeah, University. it's bad. <laughs> well, apparently uh somebody heard our show and he decided that he was resigning and he's not going to seek re-election. I think uh Sean called it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm telling you, that brother, they need to take his passport. He got a special plan to get out of the country. That was his plan to, to get all of his, 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 his responsibilities taken away from him because you can't possibly think that the black people in Atlanta were going to allow you to, to, to rep for Trump and keep your job. He lucky he's keeping his teeth. Absolutely. Oh, man. So, uh, grand opening, grand closing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and any predictions for the week coming up? Um, predictions. Tommy Lauren will still think that social distancing is slavery. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, I think the big predictions for this week, if I had to guess, uh, the ratings for Michael Jordan's The Last Dance are going to be through the roof. Uh, <laughs> um, I think that. Uh, the state of Florida will have a spike in coronavirus cases by Saturday. Okay. Um, let's see. What else is there? Trump is probably going to say something else stupid in the press conference for the next three days. Good point. Um, All right. good, good, good point. That's easy. Well, that's, that, that was obvious. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, I've, I've seen the one thing I will say is I've seen some very, very creative uh, legislation. Uh, largely from the people who always put together creative legislation. So AOC, Ayanna Presley, um, Ilhan Omar, who I love, um, and Rashida Tlaib, uh, have put together all sorts of plans. They're trying to get rid of $30,000 of student loan debt, 
uh, to sue their debt cancellation bill. They got Elizabeth Warren on here trying to push these bills. There's still talk about who Joe Biden is going to pick for a running mate. And Elizabeth Warren's name is still being thrown out there. Um, so, you know, who knows? This is good momentum. Uh, I don't know that <laughs> Ms. McConnell is going to go for any of it. But that's neither You know that. he's not going for any of that. You know, and, and that's the worst part is, is that anything you want to do for the people is like, no, 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 that's too much. Now, if you need to do it for the business, then you can justify it and say, well, the businesses were going to trickle down the money. And by the way, watch how uh, the laws of gravity uh, stop working with regard to trickle down and how companies mm-hmm. start keeping this money and somehow the employees still get fired. Yeah, and you know, like everybody, you know, the Lakers got bailed out. They had to return. They returned their money. They apparently are a small business. <laughs> by the way, Justin, how many times has that happened to you where they originally gave you a three hundred million dollar loan, but then you had to return it uh, later? The thing that's always <laughs> amazed to me is how. Think about it. Somebody saw the paperwork and saw the Lakers. Somebody saw LeBron there, right? And, right, and, right. and it ain't like that just slipped through. Somebody was bragging about it. Thinking, ah, well, I get a Laker loan today. And, and no, he wasn't supposed to do that, right? And right. it's just like you can tell that all the companies, and I love the fact that they're like all oh, now, like, oh, you caught me here, the money back. Like, <laughs> what's that? How do you get to do that? I wish I could. Get to go steal some money and then be like, oh, sorry about that. You caught me here, here it is. Back. <laughs> They don't let us do that, uh, nah. but, they, but that, that's all right, I, um, you know, because, um, you know, I, I don't need none of their PPP money and, and all that stuff. I got all this this, this big time uh, well, podcast money, so I'm not worried about it. <laughs> yeah, uh, Lakers, if you needed a resting place for that extra money that you got, we can proudly sponsor the <laughs> Lakers organization. Um, you know, just in case you were wondering, I'm not a Lakers fan, but I can be for the right price. I'm just saying. I, well, uh, I'm already a Lakers fan, so just give me about three quarters of it. Cut Jesse out, out, out of his, his portion. <laughs> and let me tell you something. Y'all ain't got no basketball to play anyway. You can come on here and talk about the basketball you were going to play um, until this is done. And the good news is, like Jesse said, 18 months, 24 months, 36 months, four years maximum. Um, we will, um, we will be, we'll, we'll have this under control. Uh, but until then, uh, you guys need to, um, wash your, wash your hands and, and not touch your face, um, which is impossible. Right. right. And please, 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 people, wear your N95 mask properly. There is no point in you wearing a mask if it's going to be dangling underneath <laughs> your chin. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Direct contact. Direct I saw animal. Clyburn doing that today too. He wearing it like it was a handkerchief, like it was a, oh like it was a scarf. Gosh. He looked like oh like like gosh. a Doctor Bricks. I'm like, what are you doing with this scarf on you? <laughs> uh, uh, on. But I tell you this though, I went to the bank with my mask today. I was a little worried. As a black man, you go to a bank with a mask <laughs> right. on. Right. Um, and I was like, I have my hands up the whole time. Like, Look, don't shoot. I'm just coming here to, 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 to I'm actually coming here to, to send some money out, right? right um, right. but they were, you know, they were pretty cool about it. But of course, in Arizona, me and the teller got a mask on. Everybody else is sitting there, you know, playing, uh, icky mouth with each other, just spitting in strangers' <laughs> mouths. I'm telling you, man, we treated social distancing like Americans treated the metric system. Right, we tried it for about two weeks in the seventies. Like, ah, that's enough. That was good, and we went right <laughs> on back. And now we gonna be back to just, you know, just, just, just. I think it's gonna be worse. Mm-mm-mm. I mean, you know, because, 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 first of all, you you understand how bad uh, America's history were with washing our hands. Um, we're not big hand washers. You realize that every year we get doo doo in the lettuce. <laughs> you gotta throw out all the lettuce for E. coli. E. coli is a fancy word for doo doo in the lettuce. That's what it is. Shout out right? to Chipotle. Thank you. <laughs> but every year we get all the lettuce gets doo doo, right? That's how you think of it. You got millions of dollars on the lines and you can't keep those seven people in washing their hands. You know darn well the rest of us are not washing our hands. You realize in America for 50 years we had polio. You know how you get polio? I just found this out. Doo-doo in your mouth. All right. Yes, it is fecal to oral transmission, the most common transmission. People were, you know, getting poop and been put in the baby's mouths, right? And it's like, remember, 
We never stopped doing that. The reason that we don't have polio today and that you don't have, you know, an iron lung on 22-inch rims is because we actually found a vaccine before we could teach people how to wash their hands. Because we would never go teaching people to get doo-doo off their hands. By the way, I looked this up this morning. I was afraid to do it, but I had to look it up. Black people feel proud. Uh, We didn't get polio much. We got sickle cell and some other stuff, right, and bad credit and all that. But we didn't get (laughs) polio, which cracks me up because we were were, were taking care of that babies. But somehow I could wash our hands before we got home, before we cooked for our kids. But they're putting doo-doo all in the kid's mouth. Um, and as a result, seriously, I saw it. It was like, you know, scientists are trying to figure out even now why black people didn't get polo. I tell you why. Because sisters wash their hands. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we always set the standard in America for what's appropriate <laughs> and what is inappropriate. And I feel like that is something that is passed down through our genetics. Um, and that's why, you know, anything that we get usually has to be something uh, scientifically created to kill us like crack. So, <laughs> thank you. But we've been, we've been doing this social distance. We were fist bumping what in, in 2000? Cause we knew this was coming along and that white people you had doodle on your hands. We knew that. And so we made sure we were just doing the fist bumping. We're not even going to do that anymore. We're going to do kind of, you know, the black power symbol, Wakanda, right. right? We ain't touching even touching anymore. Right. Wakanda was quite timely. Yep. That's quite what, timely. That's quite we always timely. know. You know what? Won't he do it? Won't black people do, do it? it. on that note everybody thank you so much and we're going to see you next time